Welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast, supporting health professionals to realise a healthier future for Australians through connected healthcare. Hello, I'm Dr. Andrew Rochford, and welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of country on which we gather upon today and their continuing connection to land, sea and community. I pay our respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. Today, we are going to be discussing the implementation of electronic prescriptions and the role of practice managers within this process. We will also explore the practical steps that you can undertake to prepare yourself, your organisation and your patients for their implementation. On the panel with me today, I have Vandana Shantanani, who is the Manager of Provider Adoption at the Australian Digital Health Agency, Dr. Peter Delfonte, who is a leading GP who has worked extensively in digital and population health, and Ajiro Pantelios, a Practice Manager and Registered Nurse. Thank you all for joining me on the podcast today. To kick things off, I think the best place to start is just to pose the question, what is an electronic prescription? Vandana, can you help us with that one? Um, Yeah, sure, Andrew. So look, basically electronic prescription, it provides an alternative option um, to patients. So what that means is they can choose to either receive um, a paper prescription or an electronic prescription. Previously, the handwritten script or computer-generated script, that was the the legal um, document um, to supply medicines. But changes to Commonwealth legislation and now more broadly, all states and territories, they recognize um, an electronic prescription as a legal form. We know there are a number of patients that have received electronic prescriptions. Um, They can then go to their pharmacy and, um, yeah, get that sort of um, prescription filled at their pharmacy. So with the um, token model, essentially uh, what patients will receive is a unique barcode for their prescription. They can choose to receive that either via um, SMS, um, email, or they can also ask their doctor to print a copy of that barcode, um, take that to their pharmacy and get that um, prescription filled. So just, I think with the token model, uh, what we've got to be mindful of is it is just an evidence of a prescription. So the, the actual prescription, it resides um, within the prescription delivery service, um, and that's your legal document. But what the patient has is just the, the evidence of um, a prescription. So in simple terms, the token gives people access to, to get to that electronic prescription. Um, yeah, that is correct. So it is um, more just uh, sort of, you know, a, an evidence rather than the legal prescription, which actually resides in the prescription delivery service. So, Peter, I come to you at your practice um, and and we're going to go down the path of an electronic prescription. Explain to me how that process works. Yeah, sure. Um, I think the, the most important thing is um, uh, that the practice is already as the conformance software that's been upgraded to allow electronic prescribing. Uh, We can talk about that a bit later, but essentially assuming that my computer system is already connected to the uh, prescription delivery service, 
then at the point of consulting with the patient, the patient has, uh, first of all, absolute choice as to which way they prefer to receive a prescription, whether it's the current computer-generated prescription or even on the prescription pads for those who don't have computers. Uh, and that requires, obviously, uh, a handwritten signature. Or they can choose to have an electronic prescription. Now, clearly, a whole lot of things need to be put in place uh, from the patient side of things. They need to have a smartphone uh, with a data plan to be able to accept uh, a, a message, which then allows them to have a link to their token and, and to the PDS. Um, and they also you know, have the option of sending, uh, I can send that prescription to their carer's mobile phone or, or, or their agent that would normally go and collect the prescriptions for them. So the key point is uh, that the patient has the choice. Um, they need to have a smartphone with a data plan. And at that point of consultation, we together, uh, GP and patient, will make a decision uh, which is the best way to deliver that. Obviously, in a situation like COVID and telehealth, um, electronic prescribing would be certainly the preferred way because it saves, obviously, printing and faxing or posting a paper prescription and certainly makes it convenient for the patient not to have to come in and, and collect it, for example. So the key point is that the decision to have an electronic prescription is made at the point of uh, the consultation with the GP. And I don't need a special app on my phone. It just comes as a message or, or via email? Uh, it, as Vandana um, alluded to earlier, yes, it's uh, uh, by secure message uh, or email. Uh, and, in, and if, you know, I'm not sure the benefit, but in, in, I guess it's always a backup. You can actually print it on, on, on a piece of paper as well. The key point is you need to have, we need to have as a practice, your latest or current mobile phone number or email address. And the, our computer information system will automatically send that. Um, and the experience so far is that within probably seconds, literally, you will have, the patient will have the, um, uh, the MS a, a secure message sent to their phone with the token uh, while they're probably still there in, in the consulting room with you. Ajiro, as the practice manager uh, on the panel, how are electronic prescriptions um, going to work in your world? Um, so far, they've been working quite well. Um, we had to make sure um, that we had all our software systems in place. Uh, and then once all of that was done, watch the, um, the webinars that needed that we needed to watch in terms of how we were going to get this to work. And I think Peter alluded to how um, it was working for all the patients. So from a practice management point of view, we were checking and to make sure that we had all patients' mobiles, um, making sure that, that we had the correct mobile. But we also started um, taking down email addresses as well because of the fact that we could now email um, a script to a patient or to a caregiver. And we thought that was a, a really important step um, that we hadn't actually implemented yet into our software, um, taking down people's email addresses. So all, of, all the staff have been very, very busy doing that since um, the beginning of July. And, and you see the, this implementation is making a difference? Do you, do you see this as being something um, that will help practice management move smoothly? Definitely, because 
if a doctor is seeing somebody um, via telehealth and at the moment a lot of the patients are waiting for a doctor to produce a script for them to come and pick up, they don't have to come in and they go straight to the pharmacy and produce their token and the pharmacy and the pharmacist you know dispenses the medication so it's been a great help to our patients they're actually loving it <laughs> yeah and i can understand why i i think that in so many other parts of life we've we've seen digital and electronic and email and messages just transform how we communicate how we do our banking how we we do all those things that in the past meant we had to show up face to face it was all paper done, um written and I think this is a movement now, finally, for the healthcare system to start implementing those technologies to make things easier for practice managers, for doctors, but ultimately also uh, for patients. Vandana, why do you see us moving now, finally, towards the implementation of electronic prescriptions? I, th I think we've touched on some of the, the benefits and, and I always like to bring it back to the patient because what this means for them is they've got um, more, more choice. So um, they can obviously, depending on their circumstance, um, request for an electronic prescription when they are uh, talking to their GP um, and also, you know, there might be patients who might not be very comfortable upfront um, uh, when it comes to receiving an electronic prescription. So, so it's about choices for patients. It's about making sure there are options. And I think ultimately it comes down to convenience. So um, whether, as Ajiro um, described earlier, so for a patient to receive an electronic prescription uh, uh, during a telehealth consult, they can then, if they are unable to go to the pharmacy, they can forward the, the token to their carer or their agent, um, and they can then um, take that particular sort of token to a pharmacy and get that dispensed. So uh, particularly with the current um, situation, I think for patients, it is, it's extremely valuable um, where um, there are different options available for patients. But as a healthcare provider, I can see a lot of benefits uh, when it comes to just reducing um, the, the handling of paper prescriptions um, or just, you know, errors that could be likely when it comes to paper prescriptions. So, um, you know, with electronic prescriptions, I see the opportunities for healthcare providers, whether it be more efficiencies or just um, receiving information in real time. Uh, but I definitely think with the current situation we are in, um, yeah, electronic prescriptions has a, has a huge role to play and it just is more about convenience for everyone involved. Yeah, absolutely. I think you touched on an interesting point there when it came to the ability, especially for those that are vulnerable in our community right now with the COVID-19 pandemic to minimise those contacts that they have with the outside world without jeopardising the ongoing management of their health, which we have seen. And I've seen that in emergency. And Peter, I'm sure you've seen it where people aren't necessarily uh, continuing to connect with their healthcare providers because they are afraid and they're, they're trying to minimise their risk of exposure to, to COVID-19. But the implementation of technology like electronic prescriptions coupled with telehealth, are you seeing the benefits of that 
for not only vulnerable, but for, for all the patients? Yeah, Andrew, that's uh, correct. It is certainly a huge benefit. Um, I mean, without electronic prescribing, you you I mean, you have telephone con contact, which could be through landline or mobile, uh, through the telehealth, teleconsulting by phone, because a lot of people don't have uh, video conferencing uh, op options or FaceTime or things like that. Um, and they're usually the more vulnerable people and older people. So being able to, uh, for those that do have a smartphone in that teleconsulting uh, environment, to be able to send a prescription electronically um, saves a lot of time. And the great thing, as I said, it takes only seconds so that the patient at the other end, as you're finishing off your consultation, will say, thank you, I've received. <laughs> Vandana mentioned reduction in um, errors. And I guess in the process from prescribing a medication right the way through to the patient ultimately taking the medications, there's a whole series of moments in that journey where errors could occur. From simple prescribing errors right the way through to losing a prescription, which to me is a is an, an error. Do you think that this process now, the new process, um, helps minimise those risks of errors for you as a healthcare provider? Yeah, Andrew, I, I certainly does. I mean, first of all, at the point of dispensing, from a pharmacy point of view, there's mm. there's no transcribing required because it's all electronically managed. So just that alone and, and, and having unique identifiers of, of patients uh, with the health identifier service, the combination of that, uh, certainly uh, eliminates transcription errors at one point. Um, it also helps, um, and I know from my practice, um, it's probably almost a daily occurrence where we have a phone call from a patient who's lost their paper scripts and I have to reissue those. Uh, or, or they think they've lost it or they think they've run out of their repeat scripts when in actual fact they've got plenty of repeat scripts. Somehow it all got mixed up uh, between themselves and the pharmacy uh, and, and maybe even their agent, or sometimes they go to multiple pharmacies and, and sometimes they leave the prescription there, sometimes they take it home, whatever. It always ends up that they've lost their prescription and, and we have to reissue, again, it's extra workload on our, our behalf. The beauty about electronic prescribing is that the actual electronic prescription is held in the um, uh, prescription delivery service, which is a cloud-based service, uh, is another way of uh, looking at it as very secure, it keeps a prescription there. So if patients have lost uh, a prescription, or sorry, it's very hard to lose a prescription unless you lose your smartphone. So if, that's the beauty, I think, of the electronic prescribing is that it eliminates a lot of that extra work of reissuing uh, prescriptions. Uh, it's safe and secure. And from the patient point of view, uh, and certainly in the future when we have the active script list, and these are more for patients with a lot of medications, as you can imagine, having lots of tokens on your phone can be a bit confusing in terms of having lots of those all over the place intermixed with other SMS messages. Uh, so the active script list will, will help that avoidance of confusion and repeat need for prescriptions by having an active list uh, which can be accessible uh, by the pharmacy. Where anywhere in Australia, for that matter, once we get dispensing electronic happening uh, across every pharmacy in Australia, uh, from the patient point of view, their prescriptions are always with them no matter where they are in Australia. Mm. So there's clearly benefits for, for all the stakeholders within the system. 
Let's talk a little bit about the, the practicalities of implementation. Ajiro, you briefly mentioned it. Um, can you give us an idea of you know, what it takes or what it took for you, for you to implement into your practice? I started ringing the uh, software company, so best practice, and once we had established a connection between what we needed to do, so Jade SP3, we then got my IT company involved, made sure that we had ticked all the boxes in terms of having SafeScript, which we already did, but now SafeScript needed to be configured with Jade SP3. So the, the IT company did a lot, of, a lot of this in the background for us. And once that was done, the next day we walked in, we had a brand new best practice that looked slightly different. And then I went into one of the doctor's rooms opened up the, their scripts and saw an e-script and I went, okay, it's working. So within a few minutes we had um, had our first telecall and our first e-script completed. So we were very excited, <laughs> um, as you can imagine. But it <laughs> did take a lot of background of, of, you know, stuff going on in the background from, from myself and from the IT to make sure that we were ready and able to do the first script that day. So it was it was an exciting day. Since then, has it taken much to get it moving smoothly? No, no. Um, we've, we've basically been able to issue, I think um, last when we spoke to Andrew, uh, there had been quite a few e-scripts sent to him, uh, either via a, an electronic token to the patient, but then um, the patient can send the token to the pharmacy. So we've we've had quite a few patients um, receiving these tokens. Even me, as, as a test subject, I received a token. So that was pretty exciting. Um, Did you find it simple? Straight yeah. forward? Made sense? Made sense. It was really easy. Um, I, took, I took the token, took it to the pharmacy. Andrew had a bit of a laugh, um, dispensed it. Uh, and, yeah, it was very quick and easy. Is it something you'd see yourself doing again in the future? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, when all pharmacies have taken this on board, then the patient can nominate whoever they would like to go to. And I think that's an important step moving forward, that they can choose. It's their choice to go um, to the pharmacy uh, um, that they want to. Vandana, from your point of view, is there specific information that, that practices need to know when it comes to the implementation? Um, there are a lot of resources available uh, for, for both practices and pharmacies to support their teams and even um, patients. So there's definitely information out there to support communication. So we've got a lot of information on the agency's website. There's um, a checklist we've published on the website. Um, there are a lot of software providers who've got information for their um, customers. So it is about making sure that they've got the technical aspects in place, um, whether that is, you know, um, the, the unique identifier. So making sure things like the organization is registered, um, having their doctor's uh, unique identifiers input into the system. So there is, um, again, I don't want to go into the detail there, but if anyone um, is sort of wanting more information, then absolutely um, they can go to the agency's website and find that information. But 
I think um, once you've got everything in place for practices, as Ajira said, it comes down to um, working with the team. So, you know, whether it's the IT company and then talking to all of the practice staff so they understand uh, what where things are at, how, which doctors would be able to generate electronic prescriptions, uh, whether the the prescription delivery service, so um, ERX or MediSecure, that it's all up and running. So yeah, it comes down to really preparing, making sure all of the staff understand um, and they know when a consumer asks them about what an electronic prescription is, they've got some information to them, uh, either provide that to the customer directly or direct that patient to relevant um, resources. There's not a lot to do from a technical point of view, because if you're already connected to my health record, you already have your identifiers for your organization, providers, and the conformance software, and certificates already installed. So as uh, Ajiria alluded to, uh, you just, the key thing is the uh, you need to upgrade your uh, CIS, it's already conformant, to allow for electronic prescribing. And there's a bit of work to be done behind the scenes and often the practice manager and the IT uh, people are involved. The actual implementation uh, obviously required a bit of uh, effort in terms of educating the GPs. And there's uh, certainly the agency has got learning modules and on their website, uh, uh, FAQ uh, for, uh, forms and pamphlets that for them to look at. So once they got their head around how this works, because I think it's important that the GPs are aware kind of what happens when they uh, send off an electronic prescription. Yes, they're aware that maybe the patient receives something on their smartphone, but where does it go from there? So understanding that uh, electronic trail is very important in terms of developing trust with the system, uh, the important thing around that it's a, a safe and secure system and all the benefits which we alluded to earlier, reduction in transcription errors and all those sort of things. So once they understand uh, how it works, uh, the next bit really uh, is very much the frontline staff making sure, as Ajira also alluded to earlier, having the correct mobile numbers, collecting email addresses and all that sort of thing, and, and that, but also educating the patient that first, apart from the choice at point of prescribing as to which way they prefer to have their prescription, the important thing about notifying the practices whenever they change their mobile number or, or emails, um, just to allow that continuity of care not to be disrupted. Ajiro, any final words from you? Yeah, I, I do see and agree um, a lot with what Peter said, and I think staff education has to be... Um, part of this whole process. You really have to talk to your staff, get them to understand, even though they're not the prescribers, they need to be able to understand and field some sort of questions from the, the patients that are making appointments and telehealth appointments for scripts. Um, the Digital Health Agency has a lot of advertising material um, that helped us not only put things out on our social pages um, regarding we are ready, um, but also ordering the flyers that um, Bandana was talking about. Um, make sure you uh, update your website to let your patients know that this is um, something that you are doing. And um, also what uh, Peter said, that there are lots and lots of webinars that I watched just to familiarise myself with the package before showing it to the doctors and getting them on board. So um, 
it's something that you as a practice manager needs to get your head around as well before showing it to um, your doctors if they don't already know about it so that um, you can show them the benefits. And I think the benefits do speak for themselves. Vandana, was there any final words that you'd like to add? Um, just to reiterate some of the advice and tips, um, Andrew. So really, uh, you know, this is the time to be um, preparing the practice. Um, and of course, we've spoken about resources for healthcare providers, so for practice. For, the, for GPs, for practice staff. So look out for um, webinars, modules that we've been uh, referring to. There's a lot of um, resources available for consumers as well. So yes, you know, they, with electronic prescriptions, it's rapidly evolving. We'll see more information. Definitely we're looking at um, the token model currently, but in the future, we'll have more information available on the active script list. So, yeah, look out um, for that information on our website, but also um, software providers, like I said previously, are publishing information. So there's a lot of help available and resources to support rollout of electronic prescriptions. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of our panel members today for taking the time to discuss their experiences with electronic prescriptions. Electronic prescriptions are an alternative to paper prescriptions. They provide people with convenient access to their medicines and will lessen the risk of infection being spread in general practice waiting rooms and at community pharmacies. Following the successful implementation of electronic prescription capability in the communities of interest, the Department of Health and the agency will work with key clinical stakeholders to roll out the capability nationally. It is important that both prescribers and dispensers are ready, as we've heard from our panellists today. To ensure that your patients have a positive experience with electronic prescriptions and that you can implement them effectively, you need to prepare both your patients and staff for their arrival. The Australian Digital Health Agency can assist you with this through online training, webinars, and the free toolkit resources. Further training on electronic prescriptions is available online at training.digitalhealth.gov.au. Thanks for listening, and we hope that you can join us again next time.